1936, an unidentified flying object allegedly crashed in the Black Forest close to the town of Freiburg. This UFO was reported to have been taken to Wevelsberg Castle, where the Tula and Frill Societies, with the technical assistance of the SS Technical Branch, were possibly reverse-engineering the non-terrestrial spacecraft. But what evidence remains today? Is it all hearsay, or can we see the results in the technologies we now take for granted? Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Welcome back to another episode of Aliens Explored, a weekly podcast where we discuss otherworldly visitors, UFOs and the like, the strange and mysterious. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other host, Neil Kelly. So welcome back, Neil. How have you been keeping? Oh, I've been keeping very well, thanks. How about you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, trying to move house at the moment, so it's all a bit... Uh, during oh, no. lockdown, not the right time, but, you know, needs must when the devil drives. I suppose, yeah, if you've got to move, you've got to move. Yeah, yeah, timing's a bit off, but hey-ho, we get on with these things. Mm. But the listeners don't want to hear all about that, do they? They, they don't, hear. they want to hear about... Uh, about UFOs. About UFOs. And we've got a cracker uh, for today, uh, because we are talking about the 1936 Black Forest UFO crash... Otherwise known as the Freiburg Disc. The Freiburg Disc, absolutely. I'm glad you've been doing your research, Neil. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought it'd be good if I turned up at least having some idea what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, I'm guessing, so this is one of the lesser known uh, UFO crashes. Uh, obviously predating the, the famous one, Roswell, mm. by quite some years. Although well, well, uh, it has led to an awful lot of speculative fiction about Nazis with flying saucers and Nazis Nazis living in Antarctica post-war, conspiracy theories, it's fueled all that, that sort of thing, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely, and uh, even parody films like Iron Skies and... Mm. Yeah, uh, but that's the question, though. How much of it do we think is fiction and how much uh, reality? So I'm, I'm guessing, though, before we get into the nitty-gritty of it, uh, this was one that you'd not heard of previously? Um, No, I hadn't. 
No. No, I mean, I'd heard of some of the some of the references in the Frill and Tula societies, the SS Entwicklungsstelle, the, the development wing. Um, but uh, no, I hadn't actually heard that there'd been a a UFO crash in Nazi Germany, as you say. All the references are are to Roswell um, when when the term flying saucer was first coined. I think no one had used that term before. Before then, well, indeed, the, the um, so to give the the listeners a bit more of an in depth. I mean, we do our introduction, don't we? Which we do yes. after the event. Um, but to give a bit more of a, because you you mentioned the now you pronounced it a uh, Tula society. Tula, yeah, Tula. Tula society. I always thought fuel, but then it's yeah. a word I've only ever read. Germans <laughs> don't really say th. It's always tula. Chula, uh, so Chula and Vril. So the the the, I suppose the theory is that in 1936, um, a UFO crashed uh, in the Black Forest in Germany. Um, and yes, you've got. Um, but uh, would you want to explain what Chula and Vril societies are? Were they they were almost um, occult groups. That were obsessed with with all things occult, um, and uh, it was I think it's th- those societies with the technical assistance of the SS technical branch are, are believed to have tried to reverse engineer a, a flying saucer. Indeed, um, this particular one uh, that crashed in uh, Schwarzwald. Yeah, I believe. And, and of course the Tula and Ville societies they. And the Nazis sent an expedition to Antarctica, didn't they? They laid claim to to land there. They 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 went to um, they went to um, Tibet, I believe. They went to mm. various places to try and uh, you know pick up. <laughs> they were basically looking for magical powers, weren't they? Himmler Himmler was obsessed with the occult. Well, it's interesting you say that because um, the Vril Society, I know they were always associated with sort of magical rituals and the occult and what have mm. you, um, but the Vril Society in particular were known for chasing after um, a power source, an energy source mm. um, that we now know to be antimatter. They called uh, it the, the Black Sun, didn't the they? The Black Invisible. Sun, but yeah, but they were talking about antimatter. Mm. So, so do you know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leap straight in with that and say, how did they know about antimatter? Unless it was through something like reverse engineering on a craft like this. Now, haven't we had? encounters with antimatter on this planet wasn't there a, a massive explosion in siberia caused by antimatter meeting matter was there i uh, don't know <laughs> that's 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 news to me tell me about it um i would have to i would have to look that one up on the <laughs> but, but I, I've, I believe that you know antimatter had been had been postulated probably in the in the nineteenth century that you have matter you have antimatter. I suppose it would have been theorised, um, mm. and that's that's fair enough. Um, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of the Nazi technology. I mean, especially 
the stuff they were coming out with in the latter stages of the war. And although it was surprising, really what they were focusing on was stuff that could be developed and brought into service quickly. And a lot of the, the technology that they went into the Second World War with was simply they just made greater advances on existing technologies than, um, than, than Britain and France had. Um, for instance, with, the, with their rockets. Um, there were rockets used as weapons in the First World War, small mm. ones, or whiz-bangs or whatever they called them. Um, the, the, Nazis, <laughs> the Nazis had the idea of, a well, let's have a much bigger one. Let's have one we can launch at New York with devastating effect, or at mm. least at London, which they, they actually achieved. So if they were if they were looking at reverse engineering a flying saucer or even just building some craft of that kind of their own, I mean this was in the days when most air forces were equipped with biplanes. When um when the RAF met the Luftwaffe over the skies of France in 1940, um, the RAF were largely in their Gloucester Gladiator biplanes, uh, which were very good biplanes. I mean, they'd have they'd have they'd have ruled the skies over the Western Front in 1918. Unfortunately, they came up against the Messerschmitt Me 109 in 1940 and were blasted out the skies. That's why um, the rem the remnants of the RAF who were defending Britain in the Battle of Britain were the few. Because so many of them have been lost in the early stages of the war. Well, absolutely. Many people see that, in fact, as evidence of reverse engineering from alien mm. technology. Because you've got this massive quantum leap of technology that just out of nowhere... Um, and in fact, I mean... So it, it's known that the Nazis did, in fact, build flying saucers... Uh, oh, they, the, they experimented with them, didn't they? The, well, yeah, the Hanabu, 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 Hanabu. Thank you. Mm. I mean, you're the German-speaking one, so <laughs> I, I defer all pronunciations yeah. to you. Um, the Hanabu, um, yeah, which was absolutely 100% a flying saucer. Uh, I don't think it worked terribly. Or what we know of it, mm. uh, it didn't work terribly well although there is a theory that it actually used uh, a tachyonator 7 drive developed by um I nikolai tesla the, uh now i think it drew power from the earth using tesla's um earth energy field i'm mm. not a scientist but so apologies to listeners mm. for my terminology but yeah the earth energy field um i think it utilized that but the actual drive itself mm. uh was it, it was either tula or Vril. i think it might have been tula um society um had reverse engineered from this craft mm. In well, the Black Forest. Although I have a note here to say that the Haunabu project of nine, started in 1935, before the Freiburg crash of 1936. So that was another possibility that it was it was actually their own flying saucer that crashed at Freiburg. Well, it yes, um, okay, but it's not to say as well it was the first one. You know, That's not the, one no. that, that we know of. Um, I mean, I'm 
I'm inclined to wonder, you know, you hear about Roswell, you hear about uh, the Black Forest. I'm wondering how many of these things have actually crashed that we just don't know about? Hmm. And why do they keep crashing if they're all these, you know, these highly advanced technologies that are able to come and visit our planet either from way, way beyond our planet or, or from another dimension? They can, and then they crash. They get here and there in their highly advanced craft and crash. You know, I, well, I would, I would be, I would be just dubious about um, reverse engineering the technology from a craft that had crashed. <laughs> well. If if you not never seen a car before, mm. I mean cars crash. Um, but let's say you know you're from a, a primitive tribe hitherto undiscovered from the Amazon, mm. and you see a car that's crashed with the driver dead at the wheel, and you think, is this what we want to do? Do I want to be that driver? <laughs> well, if you'd seen the car moving, or if you'd seen glimpses of other cars. Mm. And how fast they go, and you know they've got this protective shell, or even if you know, yes, one crashes and the and the driver survives. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You'd want to create your own. You'd want to understand them. You'd want to try and figure them out for yourself. Mm. Um, and of I course, you. sorry, no, no, go on. I was going to say, in just the same way, you know. I- an astronaut who went to the went into space with the Apollo mission um, in the 60s or 70s would have had quite a detailed technical knowledge of how his craft worked. He would have needed it in just the same way that um, people who drove cars at the beginning of the 20th century had to have quite a good mechanical knowledge because these things needed quite a, a lot of maintenance mm-hmm. and you really had to understand how they worked in order to keep them going. Yes. Or, or at least be able to pay pay someone who who knew very well how. But you know, if you just to be the driver, just the daily, the day to day servicing of it, that was required to keep the thing going. Um, but when you get into more advanced technology, when you got like a, a modern twenty first century car, the drivers of those cars know very little about what's under the bonnet, if they even know how to open the bonnet. So I can imagine that with spacecraft, you've got a very 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 advanced spacecraft. The guy flying it doesn't really know much about it at all he knows how to steer it and that's yep. about it yeah so, i can i can believe that um 100 now coming back on we mentioned uh hunabo hmm. um that's not the only example of a nazi let's call it an interstellar or interdimensional potentially craft Mm -hmm. uh, that was theoretically reverse engineered. Uh, You've also got the Nazi bell. Yes. Now, I found that one particularly fascinating because it's not just technological. This really comes into uh, your Tula and your your Vril Mm. Society stuff because that did work on what we now perceive, what we call magic and occultism. Yeah. Um, I certainly found references to all sorts of vi- like Victor Schauberger's Repulsine, um, I guess a jet engine, around the time of World War Two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a, they've got an artist's impression of a of a Halnabu 
type German flying saucer, which does just look exactly like a, like something out of Flash Gordon. It is exactly as you'd expect a flying saucer to look. Yes. Indeed. Um, um, so, so you've got examples of actual Nazi flying saucer. Even if if this um, crash in 1936 was a Nazi built mm. flying saucer, it means they've got flying saucers. And where have they got flying saucers from? Well, where they, have they, they got that kind of technology? They they also had a circular winged aircraft, didn't they? From below, it would have just looked like a disc. Yeah. But it was actually a plane, but the wings were sort of big and sort of round. Yes. Um, but but where did these concepts come from? Because they were so far removed from the existing aircraft, and it was such a radical change. It, it wasn't and, an evolution. No, it wasn't. And it was so far ahead. You know, they, they haven't even... They hadn't, well, I think the Nazis by this time, they had experimented with very primitive jet planes and rocket planes. Um, they didn't get one actually serviceable, didn't get any serviceable until towards the end of the war. Um, so you have to wonder whether, when they haven't even got what, a, a, an aircraft shape that they know works, um, mm. that they're, they're trying these different things. They're trying a disc. Um, I mean, had the helicopter been invented by... The 1930s, certainly the, the gyro, the gyrocopter had. Well, Leonardo da Vinci um, formulated the early concept of a helicopter, did he not? Yeah, you, you wonder why where they got that idea from. When, when they just someone saw a discus and thought, wouldn't it be great if you had a craft like that? Yeah. But, well, all that, but how would you, how would the pilot function in a spinning craft? If he's constantly being rotated you know, 360 degrees every few seconds or several well, times a second. Well, that's it. But it's... Do you know, if it, if it was one radical idea as a different direction, mm. fine. But you're talking about so many um, radical changes in technology all of a sudden... Mm. Uh, virtually overnight um, a lot of people of course believe that this is where stealth technology comes from uh, mm. quite possibly even this specific crash although stealth technology is a reaction to radar isn't it that, that's what a stealth aircraft basically is it's one that has a very very small radar image it's painted it's shaped in a special way and it's painted with special paints that that won't show up too well on radar that's yes. what it's designed for um, it would also work with forms of sonar I believe as well because uh, it's sound dampening as well as light dampening yeah although I don't, I don't think sonar is used very much for tracking aircraft is it? it tends to be no we don't <laughs> Well, there, there was a. You can still see the remains of it along the English south coast, and they built these sort of curved walls, and they would pick up the sound of approaching aircraft. Right. Okay. And that'd be, there'd be someone sat there with headphones on saying, oh, "I can hear some planes coming," um, but it was quickly superseded by 
by radar. But that and that's fair enough. Um, but okay, so it's to counter radar. Um, mm. I mean, there's also you know, I mean, it counters so much because visually. Mm. They're more difficult to spot, particularly you know when the light's low level. Um, mm. or, or even you know, if you think of science fiction of that time, the the Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers films that were made, I think, in the nineteen thirties, that you know where their, their spacecraft do look like saucers. I mean, they fly like planes. They've got a jet engine at the back. But, well, I always um, think they they tended to look like rockets. Although there's definitely the more sort of like a flying car or the flying, you know, there are rockets, but there are also these flying saucer things flying around. I'm trying to think what um, sci-fi wise you've got saucer. Uh, I mean, obviously, Star Trek famously, you know, you've got the saucer mm. section of the Enterprise. That that was designed with in mind. They definitely did not want a rocket shape. Uh, and when was when was Star Trek written? When was it created? Oh, 60s. Really? So yes, it, it, 60, it became a TV series. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're talking way, way after. Um, mm. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think about disc-shaped craft... I'm I'm struggling before, yeah, before the sixties. Uh, you, your Flash Gordon was definitely rockets. No, I've uh, certainly either Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers. I've seen saucer-shaped craft. Um, I'm but but like, yeah, they didn't rotate or anything like that. They they definitely it was just a a circular winged aircraft, really, or circular winged spacecraft. Right. I, I mean, Book Rogers. I my brain gets stuck in the nineteen eighties TV yeah. series, um, so I can't really think beyond that. Um, and I'm thinking Battlestar Galactica. The again going mm. back to the eighties, the they the Cylon ships were disc shaped. Mm. Um, but perhaps that's something our listeners can um, can tell you know tweet us and with your sci-fi disc-shaped craft and, and were they looking to go to space or were they looking to travel in between dimensions or were they just looking for a, a faster aircraft a faster more maneuverable aircraft that would that would well, have the, gun whatever britain and france had well the nazi bell was um i believe either dimensional or time travel orientated Using its antimatter. Yeah, engine. it wasn't about travelling in space. It was about, yeah, sort of shifting planes of existence, or, or possibly time travel, or maybe the two things are not as separate as we might think. Hmm. Now, one interesting theory I've heard about. Um, the Black Forest UFO crash and the, the reverse engineering of this technology uh, into a saucer is that the theory goes that, that Roswell, the, the crash at Roswell hmm. was in fact a Nazi UFO that had been reverse engineered yes and I quite like the idea of that hmm. <laughs> 
Now, I know there was this Nazi idea about going to Antarctica that we were uh, they were escaped to, and and uh, I believe certain Nazis believe that the Earth was actually hollow. Oh, the they hollow Earth theory. Yeah, they could go and hide inside this vast underground realm and build their technology there, ready to ready to come out again. So yes, that this was this was this was the Nazis flying in from Antarctica or or maybe somewhere in South America. Well, indeed, the hollow earth theory is one we're going to be talking about in a future episode. Um, so, yeah, so stay tuned for that uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but, yeah, so I think I think there we have it. Um, so, clearly, so, uh, the one thing we've not really debated or discussed at all is whether or not there was a UFO crash in the Black Forest in 1936 yes something crashed whether it was whether it was an extraterrestrial vehicle or or it was just one of their experiments that went wrong or one of their reverse engineered UFOs indeed um yeah, so something crashed. It was taken to. Um, and please correct Ve- me on the. Vivel? Vevelsberg? Vevelsberg in Westphalia, which was um, Heinrich Himmler's sort of stronghold for all his occult dealings with the, the Vril and Tula societies and the, uh, um, the SS um, Entwicklungsstelle. See, doesn't that say something that it was taken there? Um, well, it was alleged to have been taken. It was because it was, they they were practicing all sorts of occult things at Wevelsberg, and it was believed that they had taken a crashed spacecraft there to, with the purpose of for the purpose of re-engineering it or reverse engineering it. So I'm hearing a lot of phrases like alleged or that was what was reported. Um, so to summarise, then, where, where are you on? The 1936 Black Forest UFO crash, then Neil. Um, I think the Nazis were experimenting with with all kinds of things, um, and that was how they were so technically superior, not just at the start of the war, but remained technically superior throughout the war because they were messing around with shit like this, and probably um, were probably less less careful about the lives of their test pilots. And such, but they and and also had a, a very senior people who believed in all kinds of occult magic and would try try anything. So I, I think I, I'm not convinced that something extraterrestrial crashed. I'm sure all sorts of things crashed. And of course, um, Germany wasn't even supposed to have an air force. I mean, part of the um, part of the Treaty of Versailles restricted them. That's why. One of the reasons why Germans, the Germans never really developed any strategic bombing capability because they'd been prevented from doing so by the, by the Treaty of Versailles. Everything they did, they, they had to do all sorts of things in secret. They had to train their pilots with gliders. They, I think they even went into the Soviet Union to secretly train their armies in the right. 1920s. Um, yeah, they had to do all this kind of thing secretly. So, who who knows what kind of thing they they got up to? Indeed. Well, for my part, um, I, th- I think nineteen thirty six. I don't think we'll ever really know hmm. 
was it terrestrial was it otherworldly um but i'm I, I, I'm absolutely convinced that, that there was such a quantum leap in different technologies all of a sudden. I'm I'm certain they got their hands on some otherworldly technology, some otherworldly craft, and reverse engineered the crap out of it. Um, I think they probably hit stumbling blocks. I think there were probably things that were way beyond their capabilities, but I still think they got an awful lot out of it. And, mm. uh, and we're seeing that today with stealth technology, um, with with modern aircraft, absolutely, absolutely. So, th- but th- there's no suggestion that that's been that's reverse engineered alien technology. It's all been scientifically worked out over quite a long period of time. I think what's quite amazing about the 30s and 40s was how quickly this stuff moved on. That a war that started with cavalry charges on horseback and biplanes ended with with ballistic missiles, jet planes, and um, nuclear weapons. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's all happened all at once, yeah, and in all a in a very couple of years, short space of time. Yeah, absolutely. But of course, I mean, things like um, the atom bomb was in development for a very, very long time. I mean, it was a long time between Rutherford splitting the atom or or Iron, Iron, Einstein positing his theory of relativity to Rutherford splitting the atom to an actual working bomb. Yeah, well, indeed. Um, but there we have it. Uh, listeners, do let us know what you think in the comments below. Uh, you can tweet us. You can find us on Facebook. Um, or you can find us at aliensexplored.com. Uh, but do let us know what you think. And don't forget as well, if there's any particular subject of otherworldly visitors that you'd like to hear us debating and discussing, uh, drop us a message and let us know. And if it's, uh, if it's of interest, we'll definitely be discussing it. I'm really excited about our next episode, Neil. <laughs> Do you know why? Why is that? We're talking about crop circles. All right, I'm going to take I'm going to take the task on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on! Uh, so yeah, tune in for that battle royale next time. Uh, in the meantime, watch those skies. And that's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from me. Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit aliensexplored.com. <laughs>